If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to find me Murray, right. Well, I'd say Peroni as well. So, welcome back after a, a, a winter break to uh, recharge the batteries before the hectic festive period. And I'm here tonight in Drogfield at the Manor House, joined by Ian. Good evening. Good evening. And Phil. Good evening. And Dan. Good evening, everyone. And special guest. Topical since we play Villa on Saturday, friend of the pod and <laughs> former Blade and Villa right back, Kevin Gage. Good evening, Kev. Thanks Good for having us down here this evening to join you. So, since we last met, gents, three games. Uh, probably best to start briefly, even though it seems like a lifetime ago, talking about Wolves. It's mad, it's only two weeks that we were last together, but it's three games in that time, mm. isn't it? It uh, seems to have come around quick, but yeah, I think Wolves, you two went, didn't you? Yeah, Wolves was a I thought Wolves was a good performance. The second half felt like we were on the back foot a lot and probably tarnished my view of the game. So when I came out, we were kind of feeling like we'd been, because that last half hour felt like a bit of a battery. And so coming back, putting on match of the day two that night and seeing the play, like actually showed us showed what good chances we had and how dominant we'd been for a large part of that game, I think. I think when you're there and you're in it, you become quite more nervous if you're watching it on telly because everything, you hear, especially in the ground like Wolves, and it happened at Norwich as well, on a Sunday, like feel the atmosphere going with the, with the play in a proper stadium like those both are. But well, we were so good first half. I was there as well, by the way. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you're exactly right. You felt like you, Wolves had a lot of pressure and we were under the cosh a bit. But when you look it back and when you think about the chances we had, you know, we had by far the best chances and a lot more of them than Wolves ever did, despite all their possessions. On TV, I was watching it on, uh, on the screen and they were just purring about the way that we were cutting Wolves open time after time. It's great to watch. They had a fairly strong Wolves side out. Obviously, Traore looked incredible, but the midfield too, very, very good, obviously, as you know. But Is it with Neves and Moutinho? Yeah. I mean, that's... It's it must be right. But they said a stat actually when I was watching it that um, Moutinho is the second, the third highest capped Portuguese player ever, behind Ronaldo and Figo. Not bad company for Monstrum <laughs> and Flecknell to be playing triangles around for much of that first half yeah. either. But got a young young lad at left centre half. I couldn't tell you his name now. Oh, that's uh, the kid that used to be a football player, isn't it? Yeah, football player. Yeah. Football yeah. player. Sorry, yeah. So they've got they had him, but it was straight. It was it was full strength side, and we we worried him. And obviously the age old argument which comes up again when we talk about Sunday in a minute or two. But the goal we did have chances to probably score. Uh, but then he was so good at other parts of his game and while we touched on his interview fans his name when he went off and things like that every time he misses a chance I think a little bit of me dies <laughs> I know what you mean yeah. he's such a good player he's, he's up there with, like, like I've said two or three times he's up there top five or six players I've seen at United in terms of talent and how he can, how he can affect a game but he just every time he misses a chance I just I, I could cry it's just because it, it's just that bit that's missing from his game mm. It weren't, it weren't just him at Wolves though, was it? I mean, Fleck arguably could have done better. No safe could have put Lundstrom in when he didn't. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was time after time. But listen, I don't think we should dwell too much on, on Wolves. I think we put it down as a good point. It's we another good point. It before, we, we've said before, there's not, no such thing as a bad away point for us this season. And he, I mean, 
it, it took us in then to, <laughs> well, I've got more to say on Wolves, it took us into a game where I think it made us all feel very confident before the Newcastle game resort at Wolves, because at the end of the season, you get getting what you can at Wolves, that's for me up before what's happened has happened, like outside of the traditional top six, if you will, Leicester and Wolves, on paper, clearly the two best sides in the yeah. league. Uh, and yeah, To go and dominate them and then having Newcastle up next, football's not that simple, but you're thinking, let's be honest, we've got a good chance of winning this game. I don't know about you, but when I saw the team, instantly I felt a little bit concerned that I could see why he made the changes. I was just worried that we were going to struggle to create too much against them. And I think that kind of, although could we see, had chances. You could see it wasn't going to be a game for Moose because there was never yeah. going to be any space in behind for him to run into. Yeah. Because they were always going to sit deep, another bank of four in, in front of them or five. So it was never So you, the thing I think we needed, I think we needed McGoldrick because he's one of them players that can just create a little, little pocket of space in between, like I said, the midfield and the defence and do something. We didn't. You, you we didn't could, you could actually make a case for playing two strikers and McGoldrick in that situation yeah, yeah, yeah. and just have the two in midfield yeah, there, definitely. you know. So would you sacrifice getting out of the midfield for that? Um, I'd probably sacrifice Lundstrom. Sacrifice, yeah, yeah there's probably not right, right, word. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah just. Rotate, let's call it rotate, yeah, rest. He didn't influence the game, did he? Because he couldn't, no. there was he, no he, space for him. To... Well, he's another one, he's, he's one that wants to be running in behind, yeah. making those late runs, and if there's no, sp yeah. no space to run into, he's running into bodies. I, I found it interesting we took Norwood off, and it was, <coughs> Carroll was sitting deeper and deeper and trying to stop that. Yeah. Norwood being the outball, even though he was the lone front man. Um, but to take Norwood off when actually to probably yeah things didn't come off for him that night but he was still the one who could probably keep us ticking well, over and finding those guys it's funny you should say that because I actually text my son who's watching it you know live uh, abroad and I, I could make a case for taking Egan off because you could actually play Norwood as, as a sweeper yeah. and not, not as a, a yeah. sweeper 10 yards behind but just central player yeah. just you know probing and dictating there and I certainly think one of the back three and I think probably the bottom, the middle one obviously is Egan so it would make sense mm. it's funny I think it's the first time first time I can remember actually Egan got bullied on last Thursday Carol, oh, Carol, Carol bullied him. I, I thought so. Yeah, I, I thought, thought he Carol bullied him. quite. I thought he won a lot of headers actually. I thought it was the difference between the two sides in the first half. I thought he caused us problems and made us think a little bit more about. I mean, he's always going to cause problems because he is a proper. He's like a proper old-fashioned. He was on there on our set pieces. His head was like a magnet. Yeah, you know, yeah, every, yeah. every single time our corners yeah, hit his he head. He gave him so yeah. much defensively, didn't he? Um, surely that's where you've got to be a little bit cleverer. If he's if he wins four out of the first five corners, then six could yeah. do something different. Yeah, sure. yeah. You pull him into the near post and drop it far. You take him to the far post and drop it. You do something. But it's one of those games. It's compared to a game that reminded me of the last two fixtures against Wednesday in the line, where it was just ultra frustrating, whereas if little things had gone different way, so like the Bravkas obviously pulled off three, maybe four. Well, Certainly, like, the top from Stevens was a top save. Yeah, 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 that's what he's there for in the Premier League. We're looking yeah. against good keepers, aren't we? And we and, and that's the problem is that in a way we started with Plan B, yeah, but then reverted, and this has happened a few times where I think often we talk. Talked about substitutions and when Wilder and Neil talk. I often find that you look and it almost is a bit of they go through it for about five, ten minutes and then they make a decision and then it's two minutes and there's another sub on. And obviously, it's not, it's easy to sit in the stand and do that, but like that, like deliberation, but then the immediate second sub, you end up. I think it's Freeman came on second and then, and then McGoldrick came on when they got 
the second, which is something else to talk about. And then all of a sudden, there's no pattern and there's no formation and there's no fluidity because you've made these changes and yeah, they're right and they're positive. But I would imagine at the beginning of the season, that's the sort of game that Tufty had uh, Rival Morrison in mind for. A midfielder who can just do yeah. something out of nothing. <coughs> all that enough, we, we kind of um, say every game, pre-game, me, me and T uh, Tony Curry in the suite, we get on the mic and I mean, we rave about Duffy and we have done for three years, but that's the kind of game where you need a Mark Duffy, don't yeah. you? Not, yeah. not Mark Duffy, not Mark Duffy but, but a Mark yeah. Duffy, a Premier League Mark Duffy. Would, I, I suppose, would McGoldrick have been able to do the Duffy role in that game? Like you say, if we'd have got two forwards yeah. in front of him, possibly so. But then I think you play that game ten times, United win eight of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's right. the thing with it. And that's what's... Night, other than that, we're three, we're three nil. Even sure. if there's the one goal that goes in, and then so for, by our own very high standards, it's such a poor first goal to concede. Yeah, I think Bashan, he could point the finger at Twelling, let's, let's not point the finger too much because he's been immense this season, but he missed the header first time coming over his head he, he, he looked as if he were going to go and meet it at the bounce and didn't went over his head and then he got beaten in the air by yes. some maximum so gets a run on him and then he got, yeah. well, he got beaten on the floor for the header afterwards as well yeah. <laughs> he ended up on his, on his front trying to head it yeah. and then he got beaten on the jump but it's, it's a poor goal and we've gone into a run now conceding a few I mean having kept a few clean sheets conceding goals one or two more sloppy sort of goals yeah. I guess you'd call it Yeah. but you know the, the is that a reflection of how we've played, the intensity of how we play, that it's going to, players are going to get tired? No, I don't think it's yeah. anything like to be tired or anything, anything like that. We, we have to remember we're playing against top quality Premiership players and they're going to, if they get a chance, you know, more often than not, they're going to stick it away, aren't they? We do, we do our defence does limit the opposition to very few chances, you know. There's very few shots at goal and going in on, on target to our keeper. Uh, which which is a good sign. And I suppose you look, um, Sam Maximam's head is perfectly in the corner. I mean, it's, 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 it's just in, in front the of me, and you could see it literally. I don't know if it kissed the yeah. post on the way. It went in it slow motion, didn't it? Really? Yeah. 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 A perfect header, but Bernie has a, a chance in the second half. You think it's in, I, mean, I, I was up on the cop thinking it, there's no way to Rafa's got it. I didn't realise how it wasn't as far towards the corner as it looked from the, one the first half. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a good stop though, isn't it? Yeah, I think the one in the second half is better because he's down on his haunches. <laughs> yeah. So like Simon Moore again, twenty a couple of years ago, similar sort of thing. He's down on the floor. He's down just to get up, pushes it over. So um, that, I think the goal conceding as early as we did, they came to be negative anyway. But then it just kind of pulled them back. The longer that game goes on at nil nil, they grow. Yeah. The second they one nil. I mean, that, that really gives them something to hang on to then, doesn't it? And they did it, to be fair, they did it well. They did this, it this well. Is, I mean, you, you do have to kind of hold your hands up. They came, they were well organised, they limited, limited our chances, their keepers had a good game, and they've had two shots, scored two goals. Yeah. It's kind of, it's almost like perfect away if performance. You, if, and as well, if you're going to, as we talked about the line-up, if you're going to tactically criticise us, it's better that we get it wrong against Newcastle at home, in a way, than getting it wrong against... Liverpool at home and getting smashed 7-0 because that see, is a lot more damaging I think it's more, we're more suited to Liverpool coming yeah. and, and actually having a go at us and going toe to toe we're not suited to teams well, I, sit, I, sit, I've sit. no doubt that Chris and the staff might learn from that Newcastle game and they might think you know when, we, when we're faced with another team down the bottom there who are going to come to defend Shall we go? Shall we go a little bit more from down the creative line, you know, and do those two up front with McGoldrick or with Luke Freeman or someone like that, you know, 
So we, we, we may we may learn from that and, and push on. That is one thing you can say about Wilder since he's been there, he's learned quickly. Yeah. Every time he's done something that you could argue is a mistake, he has learned really quick, hasn't it? Yeah. I think the point you might be there about it was a good job it was against them rather than such as Liverpool. And we're gonna no doubt talk about the second goal in depth in a bit. Please don't. <laughs> I'm just glad that was in that game because I think we could have still been playing now and not scored, although we did make some yeah. chances. To concede it when effectively it might not have cost us anything or it might have cost us a point, I'd rather it be then than in the 94th minute. Just had a, when we're just had a feel on them nights where we could have played all night. Yeah, just it it was, I wonder what the reaction to the result had been had it been 1 0. And just finished 1 0. It would have been. Not a, that it, would it have been a sort of. It reminded me of the, the game last season when it looked like we bugged it up about the Millwall game. Coming out, the way we were all speaking to each other was very similar to that. Snappy, not really making any sense. Generally just pissed off about what had happened, rather than actually putting it into the context of the season, I think. So I know it's, people say, oh, you need to beat those around you there, you big game. Of course they are. I get that completely. But in terms of we're going to get it slightly wrong in our approach, because we will get beaten and we'll get beaten again. But um, we get it slightly wrong in the approach. That, I don't mind it if it's because they've sat back and they've done a job on us. If we've gone really naively against them, because I, I wouldn't say what we did against Newcastle was naive. I just think it was maybe telling them that there isn't that flair player in there. Can, that we, we, bit can yeah. we not play our... We had an off-night card. Because every team we've beaten so far this season, has <laughs> no, been no. they, they've we're, been an off day. So we can we not absolute best in every single game. And, and that, have a can we not have one of them? But that's the thing I is, on reflection, we didn't play that bad. We no, created no. a lot of chances. We had a lot of the ball, obviously, because of the way they played. But I just thought we did things did things too slowly. Yeah, I think tempo, that was no one's the, the tempo down didn't seem to be. First thing you know is what, first loss in however many games, yeah. always going to hate you harder. Because we're still in a way, because of how few games we've lost, really, we're still in that sort of mentality of, oh, we should be, turn up and get the result. But yeah. I think only five teams have lost, well, I think we're about fifth in the table for losses. Least losses. I'll be honest, we've lost the same as Man City. Yeah. Any, anything and below, it's, it's anything below the top two this season <laughs> is a real kind of, yeah. it's a real kind of mix. Which is it? mad to think that Man City's included in that as well. Mm. And, and that obviously, well, are we doing the goal? Do we want to talk about I mean, it? I'm easy to not do, it's entirely up to you. I think enough's been said on the matter yeah. over the last week or so. It was just very strange. And I think the one thing about it that I found completely bamboozled is Shelby saying, well, what had happened before the game? Was <laughs> the referee so, laid out the exact same No, I'm not being funny. John Joe Shelby doesn't look like the sort of bloke who <laughs> could listen to his mum telling him something, let alone a referee giving him some advice on the laws of the game and how we should interpret them. But uh, yeah, it is it is what it is. And that fired, I think that did light a fire under us. And then we went on Sunday down to Norwich and got a fantastic result. Absolutely. I think for, I think for the remainder of that game, it kind of knocked the stuffing out of us, but then it had the obviously the opposite effect at Norwich, where we came out and maybe not first off, but over the ninety we got a reaction, didn't we? I mean, Kev, you will have been in dressing rooms where there's been that sort of feeling of injustice, and then when no, no, maybe about to think of somebody who's in situation and the way managers responded in the way Wilder did, but almost by having that blowout he did with the press, it almost like takes the pressure off everyone players everything right I've done this let's all get together if we've got a big game we focus on that and then the, that the, the Radio Sheffield bit where he's shouting in background can you Shit. tell him we're doing fucking interviews <laughs> <laughs> that was Shelby, Shelby, that, yeah, 
Is that what we were? Yeah, apparently so. But do you know what I mean, though? That sort of, right, he's done. They probably ranted at each other about it in the dressing room and then in training the next day. Well, I was, I was going to ask Kevin that, actually. So what in a situation like that, you'll have been in dressing rooms where you've had something unjust. Like, what's it like in that dressing room afterwards? Um, I, I think I, I don't think they'll have been thinking too much about the second goal because I think I think Chris came out and said that he actually thought they played all right. And as a player, you, you know when you've played terrible or you know when the team's done okay. And over the ninety minutes, although they didn't score, I think they did okay, didn't they? It wasn't it? Wasn't a particularly bad performance. So I, I think there'll just been more disappointment than anything. And maybe that's why the first half was a little bit lacklustre yeah. uh, against Norwich, and you know Chris right, right, yeah, Chris rightly got into him straight away. But it was actually really good to get a game so quickly. You know, imagine if that had been an international break or something like that, or yeah. the no games Saturday, two weeks or and you've got you've got ages to stew on it and discuss and talk about. <coughs> at least at least the team got straight out of there and got straight back into it. And they had the opportunity to put it right, yeah. didn't they? I think the, the only thing that. Um, the only thing that I will say about it, and I, I, I think I looked at it from a different point of view initially because I was a goalkeeper. Henderson will never let somebody roll the ball past him ever again, in my opinion. No, he, he has to learn from that, doesn't he? Well, there's a Definitely. little incident at Wolves, wasn't there? Talking about Wolves, where yeah. kids gone through, and we're all thinking, "What is this kid doing? What is he doing?" And Henderson just tried to chop him down, didn't he? Yeah. Just, just out of petulance, it. and then you see, checking for penalty. So, so I wonder it, whether so the referee blew he's, he's had two instances like that. Yeah. Now. Strange, isn't it? Wasn't they both created by the ambiguity? Yeah, um, yeah. he brings to the game, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, like, if we're being, if we're being honest. But talk about Norwich then. Let's yep. get straight into that. Um, Did you go, Kevin? You there? Yeah. Didn't go to Norwich. No. Did yeah. you get to see it? Oh yeah, watched it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought we were quite lucky how shit they are because <laughs> we were terrible, and they're not like they they look worse than they were last season. And I think that, and that's no disrespect to them, but I don't think they've improved since we're doing things. This, I think the selection's very strange. Like, why is Byron playing left back when they've got Jamal Lewis there on the bench? No, the old thing's fit enough to be on the bench, but he was one of the best left back. They've, had, lot, they've had a lot of injuries, haven't they? The one that surprised me on Sunday for them was Glenn Bayer. He was brilliant last season, and he just didn't look a player at all for me on Sunday. I don't know what what's he was changed. There, or... He was there until Campwell came on and was really. Look, look very yeah. good indeed. But like, I think he's a great little player. I don't know. I'm pleased he didn't start. He, he looks a really good player. They, they thought he wasn't even going to get the bench. I mean, he's one of the ones that I thought. I don't know, again, we can't get episodes. If we stayed up and Norwich went down. To have that kind of creative player, I mean, I don't know what he's, he's got. To get, he's got to get rid of that hairband, though, isn't he? <laughs> he needs to sort his, yeah. his barn out. Not going to work, is it? Um, but that's the sort of player that maybe we should be looking at next season. But yeah, but first half we went at it. I thought with ten yards too deep, and. It wasn't when we when we tried to pass it. It wasn't the tempo and crispness, um, and it, and we just seemed a little bit laboured in everything we were doing. It, it was the wing backs that seemed really deep. And and so not like United. Too, why, why would that have been? I don't know why we'd have. Is been. that them pushing us back? No, I don't think it was. I, don't, I genuinely don't think they played in such a way that made us sit. We just didn't seem to push on or pour onto a team like we normally I mean, do. In the ground, it was like it was more obvious how close Tetty and can't say the one in the Ranchich were to the, to the centre backs um, compared to maybe. So then there, it was like those four two, which that wouldn't explain us being pushed back. And obviously, they were just. It, when he saw it on match of the day, he was literally, you'd throw a blanket over him, yeah. you never could do that no. normally. Um, and obviously, 
Teddy's never hit a ball that well. <laughs> that goes straight in the has. Have you not remembered to that volley a few years ago that he scored? But he's not exactly yeah. renowned no, for yeah. placing him in the bottom corner and hitting him like a bullet. But then, what's quite funny at Norwich, where you sit in that corner, you've got a big screen. Yeah. And he does add almost, not saying I'm particularly pro VAR, but then you see the replay. And it, does hit his arm and whether it's yeah, that ball or not. I thought it hit his arm, it was so obvious. And then, and then they're all celebrating, like, ah, ha, 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 like, fuck off, you know, like laughing, going like this, some of their fans. And then obviously what went on to happen happened, but <laughs> draw a line on that first half, there's not much more to say. Yeah. They, if they were a better side, I think they could have put a few pastors in that first half. We were just very late in everything we tried to do. Yeah, I think you said at the beginning there's they've got worse. I don't know quite how. I think they've got injuries and they haven't they haven't invested in players. No, no, that's the key thing for them. They've they've spent no money grand or something. No money which is what someone saying it might have been on the Rogers views when they get the but they're saying the the board there have actually stated they're trying to be a top twenty six club. Top twenty six twenty six because, because you don't spend, you keep your money, you get your parachute payments, and you can just. Bang. So they're just very happy with being a yo-yo club. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? There's nothing wrong with that. I, I would prefer to do that than go down the Wolves route or the Fulham route and spend 150 million to yeah. Aston Villa route. We spent 150, 200 million, and it potentially and then it all go crumble yeah. round. I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, wouldn't want that. But I prefer to do that yeah. route. Well, I think it's interesting. It's to be. You wouldn't see many chairmen or boards coming out saying that. See, I, I didn't know it was the board. I assumed it was like Fox, like a vanity project for him, where he wanted to get up and keep Norwich up and be able to turn around and say, I've kept him up on spending two thirds of fuck all, basically. Well, then, like, I think most, we probably, seriously, that might be the underlying, if we got relegated, it's not the end of the world because there's enough quality and in the players that we've bought, if we were to go down, we bought the best players from the league below. So we, in theory, yeah. are instantly Chris, in a position to... Chris has said that, hasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. Said, he said he recruited for the Premier League, but also with half an eye yeah. on if anything happens. These these guys can do it in the Championship as well. Yeah, so. They're proven, aren't they? Yeah. You know, to, like Bernie and Robinson and Freeman. Well, that's why I can see it as a board is the fuck yeah. bit that's strange. And that, and yeah. So do you think they'll spend in January? Do you think they'll stick to it? I don't know. Because would, would, the only way they could do it is follow the route we have, and so they might go for someone like Easy, yeah. QPR, or a player like that who's clearly standing out as a young, talented championship player who's doing well at that level. Well, I don't give it to someone else to buy. Problem is, if you're doing that, you're not buying from a position of strength, are you? No. If you're buying in January, clubs know that you're buying because you need to stay up, so they're instantly going to stick five, six, seven million on. Players will be thinking... Yeah, it's going to be harder to attract someone to probably want, need to pay don't, more. Don't want to spend six months at Chipping Premier League and risk getting relegated straight away. You're not buying from a position of strength, are you? I mean, think about it as well. <coughs> what are the classic January signings? It, Premier League teams are struggling. Yeah. Ones that really Ahmed work... Fatty, <laughs> <Luton Shelton. laughs> That's an example that I'm not saying. That's the third time but, I've got Mamadou Sek in this podcast. But, um, like... <laughs> There's not gone of the times where when Bruce with Birmingham and went to do from like pulled that rabbit out of the hat. Like I don't think that signing exists. Now they might be a player on the fringes of a a team in Germany, Italy or Spain who has been out injured long term and he wants to come and prove his fitness to get into his national side for the Euros. But you're rolling a massive dice. And I think if 
if Norwich, as the chairman has come out and said that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did buy players, but with the same old that they have been buying. But again, they might depend on what state they're in in five weeks' time when they're buying players. They might be buying players with not just half an eye championship, but actually thinking, look, it's in for like Watford and things like that. They'll possibly be recruiting in January. With a replacement for some of the and stuff yeah. like that, maybe. Yeah, it's a good shout. So what changed? What changed second half? What, I mean, it was great. Intensity. Tempo. Well, we, we got the goals at a fantastic time, didn't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, if it had gone on for another 15, 20 minutes, you know, they might be thinking, oh, God, it's another new car, so it's not going to happen. But getting that first goal really gave the team a whole, a whole lift, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And both finishes. I mean, that ball. The Ravka could Bulldog. potentially save both of them, but Bulldog. Bulldog. I mean, the it's Bulldog the, goals. It's the balls on him to be doing that. You know what I mean? It's... Doing a figure of eight in their box, it's the little and then I'm after. It's, it's, right it's the second part. Over it, yeah, it's the second part. Of it, just stepping over it and coming back on himself. As a, as a right back yourself, how would you rate our fullbacks? Yeah. Oh, I think they've, 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 they've come on leaps and bounds, especially Bulldog. Bull, Bulldog was always a, a good bustling sound, you know, right back, right wing back. But he seems to have added a new dimension to his game this season. His deliveries have been. Yeah. 50 times better than they were in the Championship. Yeah, much, better, M- much, much better. He used to get into some brilliant positions in the last two years in the Championship. And his final ball, more often than not, wasn't brilliant. But this this season, he's he picking the right well balls at the right times. He? he got into right positions. Got into good positions. Well, that was always the thing. Freeman, Baldock was always a bit more solid defensively, but Freeman was better. Kind of for, for, a, for a long time in the, in the first Championship season, I I would have picked Freeman mm. over Bulldog yeah. just because of his attacking output, really. Yeah, well, I think I said it about this time last year. I think Freeman could go on and be a United legend because mm. I think he's that good and he's just fallen off a cliff. So he's, well, he hasn't fallen. He's just he's just he, not been given a chance because Bulldog. In, you can't argue with Bulldog. Bulldog's made that shirt. He's yeah, no, not even close. Well, has always been at his best United when he's played like the run of games. And that's why we've seen him in the cup games and stuff. He yeah. looked completely off it. And I mean, there is always talk of being a bit out of shape or whatever. Uh, but anyone who's not playing regularly, that can happen too. But the, they they were the catalyst, obviously, with the goals. But he, we were just further up the pitch. Lundstrom and Fleck just stepped up and he was just a bit more. And Basham, after he got sent off, was amazing. <laughs> United's Twitter feed is. Whoever's <laughs> doing social media at United at the minute is. is yeah, I agree with that. They're fantastic, aren't fantastic. they? Ian Doyle, his name is. He's brilliant. Is that what it is? Yeah. Was he tweeted the other day after he got sent off? Chris Basham was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. We'll have another quiz question now, won't we? Because Dean, obviously, we've got Dino, was the first ever. So Basham's the first red card to be able to attend the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll, we'll have that as a kind of quiz question. I mean, in years it is an example of good say VAR getting it right. And then they were saying, I listened to a podcast last night, so I was going, but now does every, every challenge or every red card get every like, book in, get a review? It's like, well, I think when it's a red card, a straight red, that would be on tackling. I think that would be an area people maybe would accept VAR in a little bit more. Um, Every red card's checked, isn't it? But as in, well, Fleck was checked against Bournemouth first game of the season. Really yeah, weird. For an elbow. For an elbow in yeah. the middle of the game where there was nothing on it. And all he'd done is because he, he's short turned and he had elbowed him, but he was just his natural body. He, he was checked against Wolves as well for a uh, red card. Yeah. And Lovely Tom Hill. For, for not a lot as well. And, and, it, and it seems like, well, it, it, is, it is what it is. And, yeah. and it was done, but Basham, Basham drove us on. Obviously then he got to a, 
it got to a stage where Egan was like just heading everything away, and we were, yeah, we were spot on. Kev just gave a couple more shots. But I mean, McGoldrick again, what do we reckon? That's, I mean, the first second one's one. a hard chance, the second one. If he, if confident striker scores that all day long it's a cliche he probably does need one to just go on off his, arse, off his arse yeah, yeah. just to get that monkey off his back because I think he's either that or he needs a chance to come to him that he can't think about just one that just sits up six yards out and he just instantly yeah. because the second he, the second he's got two or three seconds to think about it I think it's starting to play in his mind I thought he definitely has the way the way he took that chance you could see he was he was almost trying to force it's it rather than just watching that second so if we got a penalty right. next game do you let him take yeah, it yeah 100% so do, you let him, uh, do, do you let him do you let him that was it do you let him take it no. to, to score to <laughs> you wouldn't so the thing is if you're, if you're thinking about a chance, if we're green or up then maybe <laughs> there's no, there's no chance get, in football that you think more about if you get a penalty there's only one man who's going to take a penalty and that's Norwood because yeah. he just pings it straight in the corner in the corner of the goal simple as apart from on his debut an absolute blinder and skied it so just rewinding back a little bit talking about Baldock so as someone who was a marauding right back in a 4-4-2 how would you fancy playing on this current United side as a fullback absolutely love it absolutely love it I mean you get the freedom to go forward yeah you've got to chase back and run back but if, if, you, if you've got an attacking mindset which I think Ender Stevens has more than Bulldogs to be honest yeah. it's it's absolute joy to play in the, in that system knowing you've got the security of the defenders behind did you, have, you did you ever play in that? yeah yeah, yeah yeah played you know coming on to, coming on to it later maybe but I played uh, for Aston Villa as a wing back for nearly a whole season and we, we were that good a team we finished second to Liverpool the last time Liverpool won the league in 1990. Right. Was that under Taylor, was it? Under Taylor, yeah. So I played either right back or left wing back, depending on the availability and stuff. Right. And it's, it's a brilliant system, absolutely brilliant system. Yeah. I'm amazed that it's one of these, isn't it? It was, it was kind of in Bill a few years back, and then kind of, as long as really you do it, you see the teams do it, but not with the same buccaneering style. Teams, teams kind of do it as a reaction now, don't they? Rather the, than... the key is not most fullbacks these days can. Uh, Good technical players, aren't they? You don't you don't see the old uh, solid, you know, defensive fullback, yeah. you know, who just clogs people and knocks it up the line. <laughs> it's not Kenny they, not, yeah, they've all, they've all Kenny got, got, I'm not thinking Julian Dix. <laughs> <laughs> they've all got to be technically good players because they've all grown up like that. Yeah, so they can all get forward and play. So it's not much of an adjustment for a right back to play right wing back. Similarly, right midfield players like Kieran Freeman, we just mentioned, can equally play fullback like Mitch Ward, Bradshaw coming on to later for United, started right right wing, moved to right back. But it, it's more can, it's more about the centre halves, isn't it? Our system. There's no point having your wing backs doing that if you've got three centre halves, you don't move. Yeah. Because then you are struggling. But our wing backs are perfectly complemented by our two outside centre. So when you played wing back for Villa, who we are centre halves then? We had uh, Paul McGrath in the middle, which is just a head and. Yeah. head and kick things away for yeah. fun. Derek Mountfield and a guy called Kent Nielsen yeah Danish oh, yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. six foot four Good Danish player. international yeah. yeah just knock the ball about for fun now to be fair I'm just just going to uh, just go against what I've just said about the, the centre halves because <laughs> to be fair Derek Mountfield on this side and maybe no Nielsen was on this side and Mountfield was on the left but he didn't get forward too much but they could play the ball they weren't just cloggers you know yeah so, um, I, in my in my opinion, you know, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant system if you've got the players to suit it. Actually, yeah. so this is uh, a question I was going to ask you a little bit later on. Do you think we're going to have a problem replacing such as Basham? And thank you very much. 
uh, Basham and O'Connell and, uh, because they're so unique in the way that they play. Hugely, yeah. There's, there's not, there can't be many about, many people about who can do that dual role. And it's obviously, nobody's any good on the learn on the job of it. In any, in, in it's going to take someone to come in. And football is a prime example of that. And we've seen that obviously with Lundstrom having to become Coops like that yeah. in the year. <laughs> Not being able to be, and now he's able to be John Lundstrom. Yeah, he's a much better player. So he's been Paul Coops. So whoever comes in is going to need to be. We, I mean, we've seen in cup games. You look at good players who struggle playing in that system because they're just not used to playing, are they? Keen Bryan, Keen Bryan's got back to ability, but he just doesn't. Yeah. Every time I've seen him play that O'Connell role, he just looks it's like terrifying. Yeah, he looks yeah. frightened, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's with Keen. I in pre-season, I thought he looked really, really mm. good. Yeah, like so he was, and I think that. Well, that was, I think, what obviously Chris does every summer. He gives them that opportunity to play in the users of the squad pre-season. But then I wonder what stats are and how many players we've used, actually. But to go really focus and talking quite generally, and it'll end up being the biggest section of all time. The player was really impressive when he came on. I was going to ask about that. I've never seen enough of it. Because whenever I've seen, whenever I've seen him at cup games, it looks like, like a card, yellow card waiting to happen. <laughs> He just got stuck in, and it was just little stuff like you got Vendier in that were wound up already. So all he was just a little nudge off the ball, and then it's like back in the face. And obviously, I think playing the goal, he does play the goal through when he carries the ball to pitch. He goes left to lunch to I think it's three one at Vienna. Yeah, possibly so. Yeah. yeah. Just one of the he, he showed he can play as well, though, didn't he? He's not just a, an enforcer. Is yeah. The way that he dribbled out was really, really confident. I don't think it? you don't. I don't think you get players like that anymore. Do you? Yeah, you don't get players who are just cloggers. Everyone's got to be. Oh, not at this level. So you there's don't, a anyway. point just on the fullbacks because um, when you're talking about bulldog skill, we've got we've got a coach who does skills with the players now. I read that. I saw, yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, I picked up on that. Yeah, we've got you know skills coach. He's applauded him for trying two two yeah. skills one after another. He's like it? a proper freestyler. This guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he does all the levels, all the age levels, all the way down to the. That's cabinet. really innovative. Yeah. For somebody at the club to think yeah. to, to bring someone like that in. Yeah. Isn't it? But you need it. Yeah. Of course, people are going to do it to you, and, it, and especially when we're in those tight areas. It's like these players that we've got, as great as they are, are like a lot of the reason for our success is they're able to play within a system, like not Sam Allardyce style playing the percentages, but play collectively and individually. But not there's no like real flair there. The goal is probably the one with the most flair, I'd say. Out of the like ones that started yes. the most last season, and yeah. then like possibly Stevens, maybe. Well, what Bulldog did on uh, Saturday at Norwich, that was what we were completely missing against Newcastle, wasn't yeah. it? I was watching the game yeah. and we were pass, 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 across, across, across. As we mentioned before, Duffy crying out for someone to get the ball and do a little bit of individuality, do something, do something in and around the box, take a few on or something. But, but even the first goal, <coughs> right, it was it was Stevens on the build up to Stevens, ball. Stevens, yeah, with a brilliant turn, turn on, on the left the, back spot. That's right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the last of the day too, I can't remember which pundit it was. Yeah, he was looking to get away from it. Looking to get away from it. He's obviously not seen under Stevens. Dion, wasn't it? Dion, was it? Yeah, stick, stick to pointing out where the players so are. Whatever, whatever, whatever system <laughs> you play, whether it's wing backs or four-four-two or whatever, four-three-three, at the end of the day, you still need something to get past your defender at the other end of the pitch in the box. You need a trick or a little bit of, bit of ability or something. or something, don't you? Otherwise, it's just 
it's just nothing going to, or you're going to lucky bounce, you rely yeah. on luck all the time. So that's the thing with Duffy as well, you know, mentioned him a fair few times, but why he was so good, just draw that little overcommitted challenge, mm. and as soon as he could see somebody going, oh, I'll bet off his toe, then he's off. Yeah, he's, he's, slow he's, it right down yeah. and then speed up. Really and and when, when Duffy used to slow it down, uh, uh, what that, that does, it allows other players <clears> to make their runs. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be one, two touch all the time. Someone get on the ball, then you know Duffy's going to get on the ball. You, you, if I'm a, like a wing back, I know I've got three or four seconds, you know, to, to look and to make a run there, and Duffy will find you. Well, What's chances of him coming, coming back in, uh, from Stoke in January? He's getting his bench now. No, he's on the next Stoke's bench. Get on the bench for Liverpool away just to redemption. Talking to everyone on the internet, then doesn't he? John Lundstrom's uncle's the latest one doing that, isn't he? I mean. People. I'm, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know. You can't trust people. That's what it comes down to. But so to sum it up, four points from three games, would we have taken that before? Yeah. I, I think I would. Not, probably not in the way we got them, but I would have. Absolutely. I would have yeah. expected nothing at Wolves. Oh, I expected us to lose to Wolves. <laughs> yeah, and I um, think Norwich away, I would have had, even though they were struggling, I would have had as a difficult game on paper, and I thought we might get something against Newcastle. Almost. So what, what, what do I know? Almost maybe the results you expected, but not necessarily. Not the order, yeah. the I think in the, in the context of, of the season overall, to get that win, to put that distance between us and Norwich, it's not season defining, but it's massive because that gap would have been so much so that, closer. That Norwich win as well, it's it's important for um, how you kind of viewed because it's five five four five draws on top, a five match unbeaten run. Can very quickly turn into six or seven games without a win. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. so if you if you suddenly turn that one into a win, then you, you've kind of knocked that win off, haven't you? Yeah, very, very happy going into this weekend yeah. again against Villa. I think we're in a good place, aren't we? Yeah, that's the chat. Cool. Right, Thank we'll you. see you in a few minutes for part two. So welcome back to part two. We're going to do a bit of a Villa-based quiz now. Um, this came about knowing that uh, Kevin said that he was going to join us on the pod today. Uh, I saw this picture. He, he responded to this picture recently, and I thank at Forever Taking Pick on Twitter for letting us use this photo. Uh, we've tweeted it out tonight, but essentially this is a, a picture of lots and lots of ex-Aston Villa players going back many, many years. And I started looking at it thinking how many United players I could find. I initially found uh, 12 former Blades that I can remember from my lifetime, and I've since been pointed out that there's another three on there, at least. So there may be more, but essentially there's 15 X-Blades on this picture. So what we'll do is we'll walk through it and see who can find the most. Cool. Let's start with you, John. So first one that I saw was uh, what a signing that I was incredibly optimistic about. It was fresh off, tearing it up for Stoke. Uh, fresh out of the Premier League, big money signing. Uh, was in the team, lost the power final to Burnley at Wembley, which you pointed out to us the other week. Lee Hendren. Yeah, he got sent off, didn't he? Yeah. So he obviously. Pretty much his only contribution that season. Yeah, it was, yeah. Lee Hendry's on there. Okay, I'll, um, I'll go for one slightly earlier than that. Uh, Peter Wyth. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Peter Wyth's on there. Before my time, I'm afraid before, that went. Before my time, I was going regularly, but. Again, another player probably towards the end of his career when he signed for United. When, when was that? So 85, 85. I'm fairly sure. 85, so I was 10, so I'd been going 
two or three years yeah. then. I'm fairly sure Peter Wynn came to United permanently, went on loan somewhere else and played, played against, against us and scored. Yes, he did. He did. I can't remember, but he did, you're right. Well, well, I didn't get that one. Either. Yeah. Well, talking of European Cup winning winning players in shirts, I go for an obvious one, which is Gordon Cowens. Um, didn't play much at Sheffield United, <clears throat> and towards the end of his career, but I had the uh, the pleasure of playing alongside him at Aston Villa, and I actually played alongside him at midfield for a whole season back in 1988-89, and um, absolutely fabulous, fabulous footballer. To this day, I still don't know which his stronger foot is because he used to take corners with both feet and the ball used to come to him and he just used to volley it away and pass it away with either foot and it just such, such natural ability. And I don't mean dribbling ability or anything like that because I've never seen him beat a player, but just passing. And we talk about Norwood, you know, and we talk about his ping. Well, Cowans could do that with both feet, you know, off any, off any bobbling ball on the pitches we played on back then as well. And I mean, his record speaks for itself. As I said, he's, he's a European Cup winner, Champions League as it is now. Still one of the um, best midfielders I've seen at Bramall. Yeah, again, another one short yeah. time at United. Another, another thing as well. I mean, he's probably about nine stone dripping wet, but he used to fly into tackles. You know, we used to wince as he jumped into tackles. It would definitely be a foul, probably sent off these days. <laughs> but perhaps because he knew he wasn't the, the most physically strong person, he used to just literally jump in to tackles. You know, well, not not with any malice or anything like that, but just because he needed his whole body weight in there. About five, seven pounds? Yeah, he wasn't very yeah, tall. Yeah, a bit, bit, bit taller than that, probably about five, eight, five, nine. Yeah. Where but, did the nickname um, come from? It's Sid, wasn't it? It's his middle name. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brilliant player. Yeah, he was, definitely. He was brilliant for us for that season under yeah. uh, Kendall, wasn't he? Kendall. Dan? Uh, right, I'm going for uh, another flying right back. Sitting opposite one and that one uh, explain right back, Earl Barrett. Yes, I got, Earl, I, got Earl. I got Earl. That was the one I was questioning actually. That was the one I was. So I had to look that up. He played once for United. Yeah, I played mean, for Wednesday. Played for Wednesday. He came in at the same time on the remember United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played we one had, game. We had him and Paul Parker at the same time. We were signing yeah, right. journeyman fullbacks. Oh, yeah, I where Paul Parker for a while. Established journeyman yeah. fullbacks were coming in. For short spells, like I think Parker must only play four yeah, times. That, that was when yeah. we were a bit obsessed, I think, with the King Premier Premier League players in, and we had Ian Rush and people like that knocking around. Andy Gorham. But yeah, when you said I'm, I'm doubting myself on my, I kind of, I didn't <laughs> you knew that's what it was. Right, yeah. my next one is someone who used to have been pulling hair out. The last time he played for United was his only before, uh, only appearance in the league that season was away at Arsenal last time in the Premier League when Warnock decided to play him as one of the back three away to Arsenal. Oh, and that was Alan Ryan. Now, if we're going to talk about centre-halves... <laughs> Am I OK with Alan Brackett's left back? Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Well, I can He's tell you now, Kev, he wasn't the centre-half. So, yeah, he played on the left and back three. Now, we talked about dynamic systems this evening. That Warnock back three away at Arsenal wasn't very dynamic. <laughs> is, that, is that in the cup? No, no, that was in the league. It was in the league. Because he then didn't play for it. He was like, what's he doing starting? Because I remember... So would that be Morgan, Jag Yelker and Alan Rye? Yeah. <laughs> might have been Claude <laughs> <laughs> He gave him Hoslick as wing-backs. 
That's got to we, be. We we got a goal. I mean, you've got Morgan, we went one 0 You've got Morgan and Jags in a back five, and your average is still going to be probably under five nine. Between <laughs> Kozluk, Wright, and Gear. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. But, but yeah, obviously Alan Knight. I think probably came to United a bit late. Decent fullback, yeah, in yeah. fairness, but when he played left back, yeah. good yeah. and surprisingly good in air. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, good old Alan. Um, I'm going to just drop it back a bit. Bruce Riox on there. I think he played for United in the 70s. Bruce Riox, one of them. Yeah, that's one of the ones my dad told me. Yeah, he is. He's down here. I don't know, again, I think he might have been on loan, didn't play for United very many no. times. But... He's not had a drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, cheers, lad. Chris Ridley. Every yeah. time I mention Chris. <laughs> right. Seen him tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah. Me again. Um, well, I'm going for another centre half, Ken McNaught. Yes, spotted him on there. Um, I was actually at Villa versus Leicester on Saturday. I was guest of Villa, and Ken McNaught sorts out all the old ex-Villa players, so I speak to him quite regularly. Uh, and he's he was really really uh, enjoyed his time at Sheffield United. Again, right at the end back end of fag end of his career but he thought it was a great club and uh, really enjoyed his time so I don't think we, any of us can remember his time at Sheffield United I can remember him being there but I don't remember seeing no, him no, no 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 he, he was signed around the same time as Peter Wade yeah. and another player who's on there well, I'm not going to name for now so, <laughs> early, right. so early 80s then so, yeah, yeah. Mid, yeah, it'd be mid 80s mid 80s 85 yeah, 80s, like, yeah, yeah. Like that. vague recollection but again another uh, another uh, European Cup winner Aston Villa and Sheffield United. Yeah, we ain't got many European cup winners. Not yet. Yes, four years. Next one. Uh, never played for us, but he's on here. Tony Daly. Yes. <laughs> I have got Tony oh, Daly. He was United's fitness coach. You can't have players. You can't have players. Oh, oh, he was our fitness coach for our life. changing the rules. Is that him above? Yeah. Yeah. Above someone who's going to get yeah, just, just under Bosnich. Under but that was going to be like a little bit of a, a tiebreak. Yeah, a little bit of a tiebreak. Yeah, he always he was a player that when he played for Villa, it was one of the players that he was wanted United to sign. Great player. Just he was on England squad today. Yeah. Yeah, played at um, played with Graham Taylor at ninety two, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What was his position? Winger. 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 Right winger. Right winger. Right winger. Absolute flame machine. Again, I was I was at Villa when he when he broke through. There was him and Mark Waters. Mark Waters was a, was a few uh, years older than him. and went to Ran or Liverpool or Rangers or Went wherever. to Rangers and Liverpool, yeah. didn't he? Um, and Tony Daly was coming through, you know, and he was an absolute brilliant, brilliant winger. Just so quick. You wouldn't believe how quick he was. He could play as well, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, a decent, he was a decent player. Drivers, he quick play. feet. And he could cross the ball, yeah. He was very, very good. So, well done, Dan. Uh, I've got to mention... Uh, you want to mention this one since he's come up on the pod before but I've said his name wrong. Unlike when I called him Tommy Robinson, who's someone very different, Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson. Warnock not good ones playing on the right wing. He again has only played for United once. Really? Yeah. yeah. I Googled it. That was one of when Warnock the yeah. Oh, Tommy. Warnock would have had him at Notts County when he first came through. He would have, yeah. That's why he'll have known him, because he came through at County, didn't he? So yeah, good old Tommy. Um, I'm going to, right. Now we'll save that one. I'm going to go with Dean Saunders. Yeah. Scorer of one of my favourite. Is that what you've just goal. written down? 
One of my favourite Ever United goals. Port Vale. Port Vale, Paul Muscle. Paul Muscle White. Paul Muscle White, yeah. Throwing the ball, we all know it. Throw the ball against uh, the back of Muscle White's back as he'd uh, cleared the ball out and curls it into the net. Was he at Villa a long time, Saunders? Because I remember him more from Liverpool. Went to Villa from Liverpool. And he was there. Oxford, Derby, Liverpool, Villa. Yeah, big money. Went to Villa for... I think he only had a season, couple of seasons, something like that. I don't think he was there at all. Another one of the players that we kind of got him kind of back end of his career. Scored a fair few goals. Still did well for United, yeah. Good finisher, really good finisher. Well, that one keeps popping up on YouTube. The one he threw the ball against the keeper's back, which is now banned, isn't it? Is that ungentlemanly con? Yeah, something like that. Not that anybody's ever going to probably do it again. But there you go. Body money game, but... Yeah, Saunders, obviously, yeah, Saunders. fantastic. In, in one of the first, when I was about, how old would I have been? I'd been about 10 when he was banging them in. Yeah, yeah they about right then. Yeah. Came after Dean of York, I think. That was the back end of that season. I think we signed Graham, them because we sold them to. Graham Stewart, I remember yeah. playing with Saunders a lot. Because they were both injured when we beat, when we beat um, Coventry in the Cup on St. Patrick's Day. Good, good far, parenting tale for my dad that night. Just left me, scammer went off pitch and ran off to my car. <laughs> Your dad did? Yeah. Your dad, who has to set off to match. Ten minutes early. Ten minutes early than everyone else because his knees hurt. And yeah. Left you. Brilliant. Well, it was, yeah, he's had a tough 22 years since then. I've been getting grief about it, but like, um, no, yeah, I love, I love Dean Saunders. Quite a raconteur now, if you listen to him on talk sport. He can spin a yarn, can't he? He's, he's better at that than he is man, football management. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> never <laughs> 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 I met a Wrexham fan on all you once, and I said, oh, I really like these songs. I mean, if you don't that fucking guy, come near me, I'll fucking kill him. I'm like, all right, put the hell, do you want uh, got, who's next? Um, again, I might have hit a wall now, to be honest. <laughs> I might just have to throw a few out and hope they're right. I've got uh, Dennis Mortimer. Yes. Ah, yeah. Dennis Mortimer played about half a dozen times for us in the uh, early 80s. Yeah. That's one of the ones my dad told me that I didn't know. I think he joined the same time as we signed Henrik Nor, Peter with. And it was Butterfield's dad's army. Were Villa, were Villa having well, a fire sale or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was McNaught Mortimer with Phil Thompson joined. And so it was when, after we'd come up to the possibly 30 second under Butterfield. Did you have Phil Neal about that time as well? Phil Neal played for that. I'm sure he did. Did he? Sure. Sure, you're not thinking of Phil Thompson. Yeah, I'm sure Phil Neil played for that. I mean, Mortimer actually lifted, he was a captain, he actually lifted the European oh, really? captain. So, yeah, he was the, he was the, he's in all the pictures. So he's the main man. He's so an think, absolute I'm legend. Right, he's saying he's down here somewhere. He's down. I saw him hanging from that. I can't find him, there's too many on here. <laughs> He's here somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, he's on there. He's We're definitely spotted on there. Him. He's definitely on there. You got any more, Dan? Yeah, if no one's going to say it, the bloke's sitting opposite me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm we'll going to go that. Come yeah. to that in a bit. I'm going to go route one. I'm going to route one. You're struggling for names then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, it's a sad one to bring up, but can't go without mentioning him, and it'd be uh, you, Greggy. Big Hugo. Big Hugo, incredibly yeah. Incredibly youthful here. I, like, I've been brought up Sport United on the sort of Chris Morgan style of central defending and reading things like 
flashing blade and that going up with Chris Morgan's a Sheffield United centre half because he heads it away and he kicks it away. So I remember Eggio being one of the first players that I was old enough to appreciate how good a defender he was. Like pace when he needed it, even though he was and they say he was like mid thirties when he was very quick over ten years. He used to be able to defend just he just used to be defended like and assured, like in a very assured yeah. way, that like an older state's been in the game, and obviously it's tragically lost his life now. But my, my best Hugo Echo memory is not a United one, it's when ITV kind of got the got the Premier League off BBC for a couple of seasons and they had what was Sunderbolt Bowls show called. The Premiership. The Premiership. And Andy Townsend. Andy Townsend was his tactics, tactics truck. And I think, yeah, Echo had just signed for Borough. First game of the season they lost and he dropped two bollocks on his debut. <laughs> so Andy Townsend said in the tactics truck and went, so you go, your debut. At fault for both goals and Echo just fucking shot him this look as if to say, will you just fuck off? <laughs> and it was they the most, know each other as well, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, well, well, like the next two minutes were the eggiest conversation you've ever heard in your life. Well, Andy Townsend pointed out these two ricks that Echo had dropped. And Echo just sat there shaking his head like, what are you doing, what are you doing to me, mate? You don't need to explain just that. digging it out for two trip. minutes. Yeah, he, he was quality for United. The brief time he was there, he was really good, wasn't he? Yeah. I seem to remember him being in the same team as BT. Was it under... And Gary Speed. Speed, yeah. Well, or Speed, yeah, I think I it was think Blackwell. Must have been, but, yeah. I think Robson probably signed him. But Blackwell yeah, obviously that's about that season. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing with Robson. Got him. Yeah, he got some good players. Just couldn't get a tune out of him, could he? That's the problem. Ian, you got any more? Um, Paul McGrath's on there. Yeah, Paul McGrath. Yeah, yeah. 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 talked about it before, it was great, but it, like I say, I'm, I still say the best defender I've seen at Lane, and he only played 11 times. And just, his, his knees were short, he was, he was, he, he packed in after that, he retired in yeah. United. I mean, I've, I've just got memories of kind of rapid forwards running at him, and he just, he just kind of, Size it up, stick his leg out and walk off at ball and forward and kind of go. I think it was a joy to play alongside, isn't it? Yeah, because as you say, it's just effortless, you know, a supreme athlete. And you mentioned his knees were shot. I mean, his knees were shot probably at Man United. And certainly when he joined Aston Villa, his knees were completely gone. And he didn't used to uh, train at all. He just used to go in the gym and do leg weights just to keep his his, his legs in shape. He was PFA. Player of the year, wasn't it? I think when I was at Villa as well. I think, quite, quite, possibly, yeah. yeah. I heard the story. Like him, he used to see him, his warm up at United would consist of him rubbing his hands together. <laughs> that was it. That was his pre match yeah. loosening. And when they did shape on a Friday, he'd kind of wander out with a cup of tea <laughs> and just kind of stand yeah, yeah. where they would have stood on, not on the day after and just kind of go. Li- li- I'm not exaggerating, he literally did no training whatsoever. But he's, he's, uh, you know, you look, you look at his body shape. Does he's one of these, one of these guys who hasn't got an ounce of fat on him? Yeah. So he could get, he could get away with it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's but what you, you na- naturally fit. Yeah, but not fit in the sense that he could do any running or any long distance running or sprints or anything like that. He just couldn't. He could just go out there on Saturday and make sure he was okay. Just, just to do the job on a Saturday or Tuesday or whatever. Probably he was suffer play. for it for the next three or four days. Undoubtedly, yeah. Trained, undoubtedly. Right? yeah. So much the things like the king. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Again, another one. Absolute Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce. <clears throat> he obviously, in King's case, um, being around at the time, was first of Campbell and then Ferdinand and Terry. And it was always that sort of longing by England fans, wasn't it? Especially like the king, could, because obviously 
in a club, that idea of not training, you go and do five months, ten months at pool or whatever, like, like, in a club when that he's digging those guys out of it on a Saturday, it's a little easier to manage that as a manager, whereas yeah. if you're going away, squad, his personality, especially if you hear the stories, what the England squad was like, yeah, like the then, where they used it. to sit, why is he starting instead of Rio? Yeah. Having that shocking gaffer, etc. Et so. If he's not training during the week and he turns up on a Saturday, then shit. That's a different thing. If he's not training during the week and he turns up, and it's best yeah, player on you can get you kinda, No one ever, ever um, mentioned or said, had a bad word to say about Paul McGrath's training regime because we knew he'd be wheeled out on Saturday and he'd be man of the match and head everything away and kick everything, you know, and, and no one had a problem with it. Absolutely not. I think he's, McGrath's one of those players for me. I'm glad I got to see him play because yeah. I, I, I might have seen him and not remember it against, against us, but actually seeing him in the red and white shirt, I'm glad I saw it because he was active for a brief amount of time. So, to my knowledge, there's one more that you've not got on here. And I've written one down, it's a 70s player. Go on. And I think Sock came into something before and it made me think, is Stuart Scully on there? Oh, I don't know. That's He may be, and I don't know. not the one I was thinking. Because you said about tall, but you know, I will add a caveat. If you get, if you name somebody and he's on here and he plays for United, I apologise because it's only the fifteen that I found. There may be more. Go on, so, well, I mean, I, I, perhaps my eyes aren't as good as they should be, but I've gone for Chico Hamilton. That's I don't exactly even know if he's on it. That's exactly the one, Ian Chico Hamilton. Yeah. So the guy who who made this picture, he pointed him out to me. And I'm not entirely sure where he is. Is that him there? Yeah, one of the old, on my, one of the old ones. Hair when he on my left shoulder. Yeah. Not the Ian Hamilton we had like him. No, no, no. no, 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 no the one we got in part exchange for Babok. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's that one there. Wow. So, is that how he came in there? Hamilton. Babok is in Kozlik exchange exchange for... Uh, we're sorry, we got Kozlik and Babok in exchange for Babok. And Jonathan Hunt. Or was he to do with Jonathan oh, Hunt? Jonathan Hunt. Yeah. One of them came from Paul Bale. West Brom. That's a good shout, though. Well, Chico Hamilton. He was, yeah, uh, got that in a million years. One more possibility. <clears throat> I'm not sure if he even played for us. So, uh, John Gidman? Did he, did he play for us? I don't know the name. I think I was clutching the straws there. <laughs> only had eight names written down. So the, the one the one player I I've never played for United, the one player I wanted to talk about, and I'm sure you played with him, I, as a goalkeeper growing up, Nigel Spink was oh, one of my heroes. Yeah. What a keeper he yeah, was. Yeah, he, he was one of the best mates at, at, uh, at Aston Villa. And I was, I was with him again at the game on, on Saturday. So I talked to him regularly. He's been in here as well for coffee and stuff, you know, on his travels. What Brilliant he, keeper. Is he still involved in football? He has been for, for many, many, many years. He was in, for about 20 years. He was goalkeeper coach with Steve Bruce. Right. At Sunderland okay. and Birmingham and followed him around. And then about three or four years ago, he decided he'd had enough. And he's, he's now working. He's got his, his own delivery company with him and a couple of mates. And he's just trundling around the UK in, in, a, in a delivery van. He absolutely loves it. Loves the freedom, European, yeah. European Cup winner. <laughs> yeah, but he, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, Easy he's life, trying, eh? Yeah. There's but a, yeah, top keeper. Top keeper. Wasn't he there's, there's one in Phil in the same kind of vein. There's one player on there, maybe in a centre half. Um, he's one of the players who I've thought. There's lots of players who you always thought should have played for England. So you're talking Steve Bruce and even Mark Bright and people like that. Uh, bottom left hand corner, Sean Teal. Sean Teal. I always thought in '90s he was one that I thought he was unlucky not to be in England reckoning. I always thought he was a really good, solid, proper centre half. Yeah, uh, did you, did you I, I, I played with him for about six months in, right, my, okay. in my, my last few months at Villa yeah. when I was like, stuck in the reserves and Ron Atkins had bought him in that summer. So I only, only saw him play for three or four months. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, decent, decent player. Played obviously 150, 200 games for Villa. Um, so yeah, decent player. I don't, I don't think he was good enough to to get in the England squad. No. I have to say no. I don't think he was athletic enough. Right. I think he was a stock. He's only about five eleven, maybe six foot. Absolute push. Right. He, was, he was one of these stocky, solidly built, solid centre halves. Yeah. I think he'd have got found out. You know, oh, right, fair enough. Yeah, international just, level. Yeah. Is there, is there anybody else on here that you think's worth a mention? I mean, I'm assuming there may be some Villa players that might, Villa fans that might want to listen to this pod as well. So any any other Villa players that you think are worth talking about that you played with? That I played with. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, the, the probably the the other superstar on here is David Platt, of course, yeah. who we'll come on to when we do a team later. But I mean, David Platt, right from Crew in 1988, uh, 200 grand, I think he cost something like that. And to be honest, for for a year, he was he was quite an average player, and I think Platy himself would would admit he hasn't got any real technical skills, or he's got no real pace or anything. To be honest, he's not brilliant in the air, but my oh my, he could time a run time into the box yeah. and he could finish. And he had a he had a couple of years <coughs> at Aston Villa, um, especially when we finished runners up to Liverpool, and he just everything he hit would seem to go in for a long period of time. And to be fair, he did work on his finishing an awful lot after training. He would be out there in the afternoon, you know, with a couple of goalkeepers and the coaches firing balls at him. So he put the work in and a great athlete as well. That Very, kind of paid dividends at the World Cup then, didn't it, afterwards? Yeah. That, that would have followed, wouldn't it? <coughs> yeah, that, he, he got uh, selected to go to in Bobby Robson's World Cup squad as a kind of afterthought, to be honest. And when he started that tournament, if you remember, he was just a squad player. Mm. And he got drafted into the team at whatever it was. And he came on a sub against Belgium, didn't he? Yeah. And he hit yeah, that volley that over at that overhead kind of side volley. That's what and, people and, remember him really yeah, for, he, isn't That it? was a quarter final, I think. Yeah. And from that he got in the team and obviously yeah. and then just and just continued on. And he went to he went to Italy from Villa, he went didn't he? To, he went to, to Bari, Bari yeah. yeah. And then he went to yeah. play Juventus, Juventus and Sampdoria. Came back to Arsenal. Yeah, they went to you, They went to Oh yeah, a superb he, career. He managed Forest for a bit as well. Yeah, just for a bit. He must have been still doing coaching, I'm sure. I've not been. Yeah, I think it was, he was a, um, assistant at Man City when the uh, Mancini, 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 yeah, Mancini yeah. was. It was uh, oh, they were the from Sampdoria then, weren't they? Yeah, that's a good chance. So yeah, cool. that, that was my picture quiz. Enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. very good. I, 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 I didn't do it particularly well on that one. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's not the finest hour. I think between us, we got a quite a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm impressed. Yeah. Very good. Well done. Somebody on Twitter is going to come up with some obscure name. That we yeah, I'm sure somebody will. Let's, let's see now. Now we've done it. We'll see you in a bit, folks. Welcome back, and it's time for the Hall of Fame. I'm going to have five nominations this week with Kevin here as well. So, um, just to go back to the last pod, and the winner was Luton Shelton's balloon goal, as nominated by uh, Paul, who was standing in for me that night. So, well done, Paul. I think Mac is two for two, isn't he? Yeah, he's coming up with two. I won't say that's as Route One as his first nomination, but. Which was, uh, what was that? It wasn't his first, his second, because his first was the swearing section. Yeah. We no, should have won, yeah, having sat in it with him. <laughs> But uh, we're doing that file, though. Good. So Glenn, Glenn Lubin's trench foot, unfortunately, no didn't quite make it. No Neither did Big Bad Bill. So you need to just set like. Oh yeah, Big Bad Bill. Big Bad Bill were my uh, were yeah. nomination, weren't it? So uh, on to this week, and John, do you want to kick us off? 
Uh, I'm going to go for a game, a topical game, a game against Villa. And it was uh, not so much what happened in the game, but it was afterwards when uh, we beat Villa in the cup. Now, I reckon it was about the, you know, a while ago, Andy Little scored two of the goals. And I think one, if not both of them were offside. And in the interview, he said to him, we were only talking about this the other day, uh, he said to him, so what's, what's the thing then, Andy? What do you make today? Looking at those two goals, blah, blah, blah. And he turned around and went, okay, it's going to say in the history books, Sheffield United 3, Aston Villa 1, Andy Little 2 goals. How's that looking? And it was just that sort of like, what do you mean? We beat a Premier League side. He turned about offside. We beat him 3 1, shut up. And he obviously has a very. I think he had a bit from Barnsley, Andy Little. Yeah, he's from Barnsley. Yeah, I liked Andy Little. Good well. Yeah, this week. Uh, but yeah, Andy Little grabbed uh, sort of. Fuck you, we won sort of attitude he had when we beat Villa in the cup. Fair okay. it's a good one. Phil? I'm, I'm going for a Villa game as well, coincidentally. I'm going for the 3-3 draw last season because I believe without that game, there's a chance both teams wouldn't have got promoted last season. I think that that, that was the catalyst for us to go on that way of not conceding for however many games it was, eight or nine games. And then pulling that back to 3-3 in that 10 minutes was the kickstart to their season for them getting in the playoffs and obviously ultimately getting promoted. As horrible as it felt as at the time, as a blade, I'm thankful for that game because that made us go up, I think. I really do believe that. Okay. I was horrible. I was in hospitality in, in, in Villa that day and it was... So uh, was I. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was a guest of Villa. Yeah. You like that game? I was with, I was some, with some couple of Villa fans but some neutrals in the box with us and they were just laughing because at 3-0 I'm just like and then 3-1 I'm like okay that's fine and then um, I think I put my head back in the box and talked to my old mates and they scored again and it was just kind of like so all the people who'd just been giving me stick when I'd been because it was the signs were please restrain yourself if you're in a way fan cabin so I was kind of trying to but it was hard yeah, and then, but then when when they scored the third it was just horrible wasn't it horrible it wasn't just the letting the three goals in, it was how well we'd played yeah. up to that yeah. point as well. We'd absolutely killed them, hadn't we? The performance of the they season. never looked like getting especially. back. They were yeah. brilliant. I'll tell you one thing, though. One that I think back to that game, and it's relevant now as well, we didn't talk about this earlier. After that game, Dean Henderson was immaculate for the rest of the season. Immaculate. And he's made one big mistake this season, really. He's made a couple, but one big one against Liverpool. And he's been immaculate since. And we didn't talk about that save on Sunday when we reviewed the yeah. Norwich game earlier. That was incredible. That's as good a save as I think. I think he got dug out at Villa game, though, about sounds like a few of his teammates. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ender Stevens has said that. Ender Stevens saying, That's you. Yeah. That's you. So, and he, he reacts. Shows the character of the yeah. film, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, that's what you want, though. You want that a bit like you almost want. Because he'd said after that that. Wilder well, didn't go in changing room. No, he said that night. He said, "I'll oh, just left them to it. I've not gone in now. I'm furious, but they know that. Don't need me to tell them." Billy, Billy getting his man of the match award on the side of the pitch, and like yeah. we're ready for killing someone. <laughs> he, looked, uh, he looked a little bit like somebody had told him seconds before <laughs> that we've got Jade, and you have to pay his two million to let him go. <laughs> so what? Like he had that sort of like yeah. almost tear in his eye of anger. Like I remember being there that night and thinking. Yeah. Like the same first eight minutes that game. Wow. Brilliant. What a team. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's a question whether Sharp kicks out of his hand or not in that game as well. But. Back to your Andy Little point. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kevin, just talking about that, um, 
obviously United have got like a team that's full of character. You played in obviously like Wimbledon and uh, United, which were mm. kind of teams full of character. Is that something that like Bassett would have done, for example, in a, in a result like that, I'd have just gone, right, I'm not going to dress in room. I'm going to let players sort out amongst themselves. Is that no, no, I think that's quite unusual. I mean, just talking about Graham, um, Dave Bassett, he would love to be straight in that dressing room and absolutely tearing, you know, tearing yeah. tearing players apart there. So that's I think that's quite unusual if if Chris did actually step aside and let the players sort it out. Right. Um, yeah. So fair play to him. Whatever he did worked, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. You've got to, you've got to trust your players, haven't you? Well, that, that's you've got to, you've got a yeah. lot of trust in your players. Says it a lot, doesn't it? They manage themselves. <clears throat> Does Especially with like Sharpies, Wilders, eyes and ears, and they all know that. And that allows him to have that thing. You know, that allows Wilder to have that almost. Yep. Him and Neil can have the little chats. Awkward situation, I would imagine, uh, because it's very. If, if if Chris is either outside the dressing room or to one side, where do you step in? Because it could escalate, and it it's a very fine line. Do you let the players sort out to themselves? But it could escalate, and you, things could be said that are regretted the next day. And he's got and, to and, know and the players, well enough, you know. So yeah. I, I I wouldn't suggest that's the way forward for management to let players sort it out. No, by all means, let players have their say, but somebody has to be a mediator and. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask enough. this a little bit later on, but it kind of seems relevant now. So the stories back in the Bassett days, it might have been before your time, that the, the Northerners and the Southerners would play against each other and, and it would turn into a scrap regularly. I'm thinking like Bradshaw Whitehouse, yeah. Mitch Ward against Tracy, Brian Gale, people like that. Is that is that kind of true? Did that happen when it, you were it, there? It, it's true, but not in the way you're describing it, because it would all be in jest right, okay. and there would be no malice to it whatsoever okay. there, there was always even going back to Wimbledon Bassett used to encourage gangs it, it was sometimes the black gang versus the white gang because we had a couple of black players and some weeks <laughs> you would fancy being in the black gang and at, at, at Wimbledon it just sorry at Sheffield United it just so happened that a load of southerners come up yeah, yeah. so the natural kind of five-a-side game would be the Northerners versus the Southerners. Right. And there was always a bit of a friendly rivalry, but it, it never got to never the stage. Never over. That, no, not the yeah. And Billy telling everyone he was going to eat, eat the nose and stuff was never actually going to happen. Billy's actually, yeah. Billy White. So who's, who's next? Yeah, okay. Dan. Um, Dan. Dan. My nomination this week is is kind of in, in honour of our, our guest this week, and it's a position. Uh, and it's a position that I've always done really well in, and it's right back. We just seem to have had over the years, a lot of swashbuckling right backs. So I'm thinking, well, I'm, oh, is that, was that your no, nomination? No, <laughs> um, I'm thinking, obviously, Kev. Kevin's blushing, by the way. Um, Loughton, Norton, Bobokis. Walker, Bobokis, Baldock, Ward, Wilder, Ward. Wilder. Yeah, but we've we've always had good good attacking options from right back. And now let's talk of some of the not so good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Western <laughs> France. <laughs> but if you think about that compared to what we've had at left back, yeah. so obviously we've got Ender Stevens now, but then you think of some, I mean, we talk Marcus about Williams. Some, talk of some dog shit left backs with Andy Taylor, Marcus Williams, Jordan Stewart. Stewart. But then you go back to, but then you go back to Nielsen, Quinn, even Dave Barnes, but yeah. we've always been, I think we've always been stronger at right and centre. Yeah, not good, it's a good point. Yeah, very good point. So, so swashbuckling right backs is my is my old like Well, funny you should say that because <laughs> <laughs> I held my head in my hands when you said that, and we have no. I didn't know you were going to say that, obviously. Right. But uh, I, I'm just going for a player, and I've already been mentioned actually, because I'm just going for Kieran Freeman, the season. 
champ, uh, League One championship season. 16, yeah. Because Kieran Freeman went under the radar for me, and we've always we, we've already discussed how good he was going forward and this, that, and the other. And he scored ten goals. He actually scored ten goals in the league. He actually scored eleven goals. He got one in the cup, and he played forty games plus a couple of cup games. So he, he played forty games and he scored ten goals from right back. By the way, it was phenomenal. I mean, Matt Doan, our centre forward, only got four or three that season. Duffy only got six. So he was second highest goal scorer from right back. Yeah, which, which even I thought, more remarkable is he started the season on the list as well. Yeah, he? for the yeah. first four games, I don't even think he played because because yeah, because they changed it to the to the system we all know. Oh, and Coop coming, aren't he? The, uh, what's he called? He, we, he keep, we always keep mentioning him. Who? Thing West Brown's done that. Oh, Reece Brown. Reece Reece Brown's, Brown's coming to play right back, no. and he no. And Freeman and Coots yeah. well dug in, haven't they? When they've been yeah. on the list, so we started the season right back. It was Brayford, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We all fell we all fell in love with Brayford, didn't we? Uh the season before. I think mainly because he had a beard. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no offense. That's one of the reasons these have fallen But I think the, the only reason we, we all fell in love with Brayford. He was a bit different, wasn't he? Yeah. And he he played okay, but I didn't think it was anything really to write. We've said before, if you see photos of him when he first came through at Burton. Little ginger kid. <laughs> if, if he plays right back, it's a little ginger kid. No one yeah. takes any notice of him, but because that's a long so, tattoo. So yeah, that's my number. I mean, not just for the ten goals. As I say, assists, yeah. crosses, getting oh, forward. Yeah. And I was, I was amazed. He was my player of the season, even though Billy got thirty goals and won it by a streak. But I think he just kind of went under the radar and never got, never got the credit he got. I thought and then he was brilliant. And then the next season. Didn't get a look in because we signed Bulldog and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think what was remarkable about some of the goals he scored that season, they were tappings. You got your right. Arriving. They're not just scoring yeah. goals, they're tappings on yeah, the line. Not, yeah. it's not like he's smashing them in from yeah. 30 yards. He's just arriving on the far post, yeah. isn't and he? Yeah. There was two or three where he's actually kind of in the, I sound really old here, the inside left position, mm. scoring, not on right back. He's, he's come across. Remember the goal at Swindon away? Yeah. There's like 40 passes. And he picks a ball yeah. just inside this shot. Mm. Brilliant. But yeah, that's a great shot. It's a really good. Really good like shot. Was, oh, it's not going to season by season, but yeah. well, since we signed him in 2015, he's played 110 games. And obviously, a chunk of that, massive chunk of that, if not almost half, was in that season. Well, the, the season before, he was uh, kind of right midfield, wasn't he? He was, he was always a kind of right midfielder. We didn't quite know Under what his Atkins, best position was. Portsmouth. Clough, yeah, played, yeah. Clough played him right midfield a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he came from Derby as a kind of right midfielder. Just a kind of utility type yeah, squad right player. Side. You know, not West. particularly brilliant at anything, but okay. We signed him the same day as Brayford, didn't we? And, and, and Coots and Coots all at the same time and Coots yeah. Coots have played right, right wing as well a lot of time yeah he needs to get out of Sheffield United football. and play for yeah. him because he's, he's better that's, that's than a decent move for him sitting on the sitting and playing under 23s you touched on it earlier Kev when you were saying about the back end this time sorry last season he got into the team and he looked really really good for a period he got in the Wales squad Yes, and he's, he did. He's, yeah. under, he's yeah. not got a look in ever since, yeah. has he? Yeah. So Ryan Giggs only slides to people at 25 and under, though, unless your name's Gareth Bale. Oh, is that right? Like the, the Wales, that that's been? a notorious do a thing. Guys. How old is he? I don't think he's not that old. 27, 28? He, he might have got further towards that. 28, 20, 27, bloody hell, yeah. Played for both, all three of Forest, Darby, and that's County as well. They come through at County, yeah. Yeah, through at Forest. 
and then Mansfield as well. So he's hoard himself around clubs in, uh, in the East Midlands region. Like maybe Leicester can have him when Ricardo, just, <laughs> when Ricardo goes to Real Madrid. Um, I think yeah. Chesterfield probably needs him at the moment. <laughs> I think we could get a game at the moment. Still fancy my chances. Forty-five and Carrie Nestle, and I'd still fancy my chances of playing for Chesterfield. Well, somebody's told me a a season ticket holder at Chesterfield that they're really struggling, and this season, if nobody comes to buy them, they could fold. Oh, really? Yeah, it's that bad. So that got me thinking. Chef United could buy the whole club, and we could use that for our under twenty threes, under eighteens. The ladies, ladies team, there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just take it over. I don't think Chesterfield fans would be able to do that. <laughs> no, proper feeder club. But yeah, yeah. you think how they, you think how they've fallen because I mean they were. Well, they were up there with us. Yeah, and three Snarky years ago we played them. Bulk up, they were as good as us. They were better yeah. than us. They were much. They, they beat us at their place. Our, our championship season, League One, they won the lap at half time, weren't they? We, we, yeah. we were struggling a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We went on to win four one. Because the year before was when we won their place. And that's Higdon, when Higdon got, Higdon got sent off. Did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we start like that too? Weeks ago. I just keep bringing but it up. But that's that video that does the rounds every so often. They're players jumping around like Kids just rolling around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that if Mike Leaf ran into you, you'd roll. Well, <laughs> yeah, you'd know about it, wouldn't you? Yeah. So you go for him. What's yours? So my, my nomination is, is Villa themed again. And it's a player who I know at least one or two are around this table. I'm looking, not looking at Kevin, I'm looking at the usual round to say, Probably would disagree with the player himself, but I'm going back to when we beat Villa in the cup under Clough yeah, and Ryan Flynn's goal. Oh God! Which just <laughs> I knew that was coming. But it, but it, it, let's be honest. I'm not, yeah. I'm not getting involved in this on principle. <laughs> Can't fucking stand it. <laughs> but it 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 was a big thing for us. We beat Villa. Big know, league was a massive result. It kick started. You know, we we'd, we'd have the. League Cup run running up early Saturday. We had the Cup run then that kicked on and ended at, at Wembley against Tull. And we played some of, again, up until that point, the best football we'd seen in years in winning those games, you know, beating Forest and everything. But it all started with that third was round. It, was, it the, uh, was it the left footer? So the top, did you cut inside yeah, and yeah, put inside. left foot into the top? Yeah, corner. and it, it was just that moment, it up on the away end, full, you know, well, we cup, cup allocations you got. So where you usually are at Villa, you have yeah. that, but then you were behind yeah. the net as well. Yeah. Then you walked to the right, and I was on the upper tier behind the net. I remember going in, it was a proper cup performance, because Nick Porter played most of the second half with a bandage around his head. <laughs> like, if, like, someone had to have been bandaged up and everything, like, it was proper, like a proper dug in, and, you know, like... And it, it, they had um, Ben Tecky up front. Who couldn't hit a barn door most of the game? Maguire had him in his pocket. Yeah, mm. and it was just, it was just that occasion. You know, after we had so much frustration in League One, and actually at that point, it felt like we were turning the corner because we were having these cut runs. You could see light at the end of the tunnel. You didn't think it was going to end with Swindon in five five. It was papering over cracks. It was, but at the, the time, it felt like something was happening. Well, that it was, was the game before was, the Swindon game. That one, yeah. wasn't it? It was turgid, though, wasn't it? Under the, yeah. that, apart from the, I mean, some of the cup games, some great memories. Yeah. But I mean, even the Fulham away game, that that celebration when uh, Miller. Miller scored was brilliant. Yeah. But the game was so dull. I'm sure Mark Howard's tactic all that game was to just like a rugby player put it out in the far corner every <laughs> single time he got the ball. Well, the run when he first came in was quite. We did quite well because he didn't have. He didn't have a striker, so he playing Baxter in the false nine. He studied the ship after we didn't he? He did yeah. well, but it's, yeah. it's it's the same as when George Long came in. George Long wasn't that good, 
but it was infinitely better than Steve Simonson's. So you instantly kind of raised longing. Clough came in, it wasn't that good, but he was so much better than David Weir, it kind of made him, mm. it made you think he was better than he actually Well, we did finish seventh that year, didn't we? When <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clough took, yeah. took us from bottom to seventh, last, well. you know. And we were all, like, if somebody we said never, Trevor at the end of the season, though, we wouldn't, in a million years, dream of saying, right, let's get rid of Clough us. Because yeah, everyone was like, oh, he's... And then we obviously had the cup <laughs> runs, and then it's just weird. How little we know, because no, nobody, I don't think many people would have predicted Clough getting sacked, and then we were delighted when Adkins came in. Most fans were, we yeah. were. Adkins comes in, he's got all this promotion behind it's him. It's the perils of being asked, Kevin, I asked to write two pieces for the start, and I was on holiday, end of the season, and one was, you know, would you sack Nigel Clough? And I said, no, genuinely wouldn't sack Nigel Clough, actually. Just give him a bit longer. The biggest problem we've had is instability and turnover. Let's just give him a bit longer. And then obviously he goes, and then we appoint Atkins on paper. It was pretty much the best yeah. appointment, the best we, appointment could we could make, and actually felt like an improvement. So I got to write a piece and then got called a hypocrite because I was saying, actually, if you could, well, I was saying, if you, could, you can't do much better with the current climate than getting Atkins as manager on paper. But the fact. And it yeah. turns out we could have walked onto Fargate and said, anyone fancy this job? <laughs> <laughs> but we all thought to the Atkins era. <laughs> much the same as you've said I mean not so much it was the players he signed for me obviously you know he's, he's a decent football manager his record proves it he knows what he's talking about it seems but <coughs> he just signed four or five the, the probably some of the worst players ever to don the Sheffield United shirt Wolford hasn't been mentioned but yeah, yeah. everybody focuses on Dean Hammond yeah. but Martin Wolford Fucking hell. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was really Sam, shocking for me. Hammond and Salmon in the same team. Oh, Salmon, yeah. But the Hammond, as I say, Salmon and Hammond are the ones that get mentioned most. But for me, Wolford was, was getting up there. Salmon contributed one thing and he scored a couple of goals in a game. Well, he scored absolutely perler away at Peterborough. Away at Peterborough he scored. He got two. That went down yeah. to men's. James Wallace and Baxter in midfield, like completely pulling strings. We'd gone down there and Peterborough would be considered. Which is just bonkers thing to say out loud now, isn't it? When they were like, a rival at the time. Right, like, but like, sort of team like, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to beat you, bro. Like, <laughs> facial expression there for you, listeners at home, was quite amusing. That's why the chaps are. But, like, you've got to beat a bro and kind of Simon and score, but I'll like, But, yeah, different timing. You know, but at that time, and that's why I'm nominating, he's, he's talking. One of the most drunk I've ever been in a way, and of course, we parked up near the down at Miller, and we found a screen pub. Can I just stop you for one second? So when we do the Hall of Fame every week, it ends up in John giving us a drunk story. <laughs> he is like Rolly Burke, isn't he? It's like, <laughs> it's like, like very, very, very drunk. drunk. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, so we went in the screen hall and having beers. And they go, I see a cocktail, it's a cup in it, we have a cocktail. And I'll take a big blow of persuading for stuff like this. So I went, you can you can't talk, you're just as bad if that works than me. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll have a cocktail. I went up to the bar and he ordered these two sex on the beach. I had a drink. He goes, yeah, bloke didn't really know what he was doing. <laughs> so he poured, poured doubles of everything in the sex on Just a half a pint of like pure like liquor. <laughs> the next, I can't have that iron both. And ask Greg, ask Greg at the next, before the match on Saturday, how objectionable I was. So it was the loudest I've ever been. Jesus. This is a high bar. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, for that reason alone, I'm, I'm sticking by my number. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did well to be topical so, there, chaps. I think. So, so, what we normally do, we, we 
kind of need to drop one for the Twitter vote, but I think what we should do is just go around who, who we're going to vote for is ourselves. Yeah. So uh, I'll start. Um, I'm going to go through. Kevin's right with Kieran Freeman, actually. I think that's a good shout. An unsung hero that's probably not got much longer left in the world. Not, so not just him in general, just his one particular that's season. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for Phil's uh, Villa 3 3 last season. Good. Have I got to choose someone else's? Yeah, like which one do you vote yeah. for? You can vote for your own. I think the right backs thing's quite clever. Yeah. I think I think there's been some quality right backs. And I would go with the right backs as well, actually. I'm going to also join Phil and vote for Kev's Keith Freeman, so I'd probably like Keith Freeman. And... I'll tell you what, drop mine from the position. Solid <laughs> <laughs> sacrificial <laughs> lamb. Nobody <laughs> voted for mine either, but do you notice how I didn't vote for mine? I was never going to vote for yours. It involved Ryan Flynn. Well, I know that. If, if was... And I was being quite provocative in choosing him in the first place. Now. So, <laughs> With a gun to my head, I would have struggled to vote for anything. We'll have a Flynn. discussion off air about what, what we do about that then. But in well, the room. Ian's just had a Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That was a good section. Good Hall of Fame. That nice one. Right.